I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday matinee to you both, Andy, Steve. Hey, you got a little Irish going no, on there. Stop well, it. You stole my bro. I, I get it in my head. <laughs> a fine Saturday morning to you. you May the look of the Irish be with you. <laughs> Uh, how are we doing? Uh, how, how's your movie lives? See, Andy, good. Yeah, it's been good. It's been, um, I haven't been watching a ton of movies. I did watch Fright Night. I returned to that, uh, old classic, which is one of my faves because last night I was actually a guest on the Fright Night Minute, uh. which is, uh, kind of exciting. So yeah, I'm on minutes 56 through 60 to chat about that. And we got to talk about the, the turning of Evil Ed. So it was like a, a key part I got to be a part of. It was great. You're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> exactly. What, uh, exactly. So well, how far behind are they uh, in recording? Or how far ahead are they recording? How far behind? Because they are actually hoping. Morning. 
They're hoping to actually record all the episodes before they start releasing them. What? I was like, That's, what? what a novel idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's unreal. Uh, yeah, they're uh, they're on. Like I said, I recorded right up to the hour mark. They're going to try finishing, and they want to start releasing episodes around. Um, I think they said they might start in September, but they were thinking that they might kind of do a Halloween thing. So I worry without the constant pressure of catching up to yourself, right? If you just, I just don't think we'd ever finish. <laughs> well, yeah. And my fear is that I would then really feel like I never was taking a break. Yeah, right. That's true. Because <laughs> you'd be recording for six months and then you'd be releasing yeah. for six months and editing. You and never then, get a vacation. No, Andy, you exactly. just record everything. You do all the movies and then you have, you know, a decade of editing and releasing them. <laughs> That's all you need to do. You just, just sit down exactly. and record, start recording now. And then by the time you're like 70, you just have to start releasing these things. And it's your legacy for the, you know, it'll live long it's past my, you. It's my retirement. Yes. <laughs> for crying out loud, why did we not think of that? Because oh, at that, that point, That's it will awesome. be a whole nostalgia factor. People will be like, oh, yeah, I remember in the early 2000s when there were these Marvel movie things. Yeah. No, it'll be, oh, yeah, I remember when people used to listen to podcasts. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, it'll be a whole new thing, Pete. It'll be so much cooler. I can't wait. It'll be like I'm, I'm going to get my, the, my in your heads. Yes, I need a port installed. <laughs> So I can mainline, exactly. That's what it be. mainline advertising supported brain media. <laughs> uh, but it's actually, they're doing a, a, they actually, one of them has a connection to Tom Holland who directed it. And so they, um, so Tom Holland is going to be on the show. They already interviewed Chris Sarandon and some other people involved in the movie and stuff. So it's like, wow, they got some, um, you know, kind of a sweet spot to kind of do that show. It's going to be really interesting to see how it all comes together when they finally start releasing it. I love that movie. That seems really out of character for me, but I love it so, so much. It's one of those movies that I think hit probably all of us at the right age where, yeah. you know, we just fell in love with it. So it's, it's an easy watch. I had so much fun rewatching it the other night and, uh, I, uh, Already want to go back and watch it again because it's just great. <laughs> well, at the when you say at the right age, of course the the right age is 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 really any age that gets to be <laughs> gets to watch Amanda Beers on screen at, at that age. Uh, yes. She yes. had quite a crush. Uh, mm. Oh yeah! Oh, definitely. She was so great was, in those fantastic 80s outfits right? with her little popped collar and her cute little perm. <laughs> <laughs> those were the days. Steve, what are you oh, watching? Indeed. Uh, let's see. I am doing a little catch up with my kids, uh, showing them movies that I really enjoy that now that they're older, they have an opportunity to sit down and watch them with me. So a couple weeks ago, sat down with my youngest and convinced her to, to watch Shakespeare in Love because uh, she just never wanted to watch that one and loved it. And so this week we did Inside Man, Spike Lee's film with Denzel Washington because I, it's a unique heist film and it's one mm -hmm. that I thought they would just really, really enjoy. And so that's what I did this week. Um, that's about it. Were you right? Oh, yeah. No. She enjoyed it. She enjoyed Oh, no, there is there is another one. 
<laughs> Sorry, I forgot because we didn't finish that one. Okay, so Inside Man, yes, the beginning was dragging a little bit, and then once the heist was going on, she's like, "Oh, this is really kind of neat." And then with the the flash forwards into the interviews that they're doing, where they're trying to figure out who was actually on the crew, uh, oh, she really liked that. Then the other night, I I was scrolling through Netflix and I thought. Let me just see what she thinks of this. And I, I push play and she says, well, wait, who's in this? I said, well, you know, Johnny Depp. And she said, well, who else? I said, well, there's, you know, Toby Maguire's got this really small part at the beginning. And she said, but but who's the other guy? I said, oh, Benicio Del Toro. And she said, okay. And about five minutes in, she said, what is this? My brain hurts. Fear and loathing in Las Vegas was not uh. her cup of tea. We did make it about 40 minutes through. We made it about 40 minutes through and she said, I, I can't anymore. This is just hurting my brain far too much. But she did enjoy it. She wasn't sure what exactly what was going on. And I said, but that's the point. These characters don't yeah. know what's going on either. So I forgot how much, I just forgot how crazy that film is. So much fun. That's a hard film for even adults to yes. watch. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like being on drugs. That yes. film no. is like just dropping acid. <laughs> it's a total that's, trip. I think that's yeah. what I he mean, was well, going it for. Totally yeah. nailed the character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I had I had an interesting experience. Uh, I, you know, I it, we were I don't remember. It was Monday night. Andy and I came in to record um, this week's show. Show that just went live. And I think you remember, Andy, I had I was very disappointed because I had to leave the living room in which my wife and daughter were watching eighth mm. grade. Right. I came out of our recording and they were both gone. And oh. the TV was on its little screensaver thing. And I, I hit the menu to see where they were. And there was still a half hour left in the movie. And I was shocked when they got back. They came back from walking the dog and they said, we can't. We're not. We can't finish this movie. What? Yeah. Not because it was bad, Let's but because it. they were just overwhelmed. My daughter in particular was overwhelmed by like the discomfort mm. of what was <laughs> a very recent, I guess, sense memory of the experience. It was she she said she went back and forth the roller coaster of being like, Well, that's ridiculous to why does she hate her dad so much? Why is she so mean to uh oh my god, that's they're in the mall. It was the I think it was the stalking, the dad stalking the friend scene <laughs> in the mall. And she was like, I'm out. <laughs> I can't so, do this right now. <laughs> because <laughs> you said recent sense memory. So are you saying that you've recently stalked her at the mall? Is that is that what's, that's, what's going on? I appreciate what you've done there, traitor. That's not what I meant. <laughs> but now you've planted a seed. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, isn't that interesting, though, that they, uh, they so they haven't seen the last 32 minutes of the movie, and I'm, I am uh, a little bit heartsick by that. I need to at least get my wife to finish it. Seems like I think it's so good. They made it awfully far. Yeah. I, mean, I know, I know. Just get to the other side. I think they just needed a break, and, and, um, so anyhow, last night we all sat down for family movie night. We watched Crazy Rich Asians uh, again. Nice. Uh, they had not seen that movie. That was another, uh, once again, a delightful uh, little romp. I, you know, I started um, watching Amazon's uh, Electric Dreams. Have you guys watched any of those? It's like Amazon's own Black Mirror. Uh, Black Mirror. Yeah, I haven't. I've heard. Uh, I've heard about it. I've heard it's good. I'm not very far into it. I've only watched the first two episodes and just started the third one. But um, uh, I, I'd say between the two, Black Mirror definitely 
is better. But it's I, what I do like is that at least they're pulling like from Philip K. Dick's stories, and I think that they're doing yeah. some interesting stuff. So oh. Oh, God. God, why? Chernobyl. <laughs> Chernobyl. Oh, oh yeah. Nope. Oh. Steve, you haven't done it? No, I, well, I, I don't have HBO. Um, I had it for a short period of time, but I don't have the HBO right now. But now everybody's talking about the Chernobyl. So now I may have to bring it back for a month to catch up on oh. what sounds like an amazing show. It's It's just five episodes and it's stunning. It is just... Stunning, and it was. I'm way too late to it. Uh, I, you know, it, it dropped, and I just I didn't think of. I had too yeah. much other stuff to watch, and then yeah. everybody started talking about it on Discord and getting very excited about it. I'm telling you, the, the everybody on Discord is absolutely right. I mean, uh, particularly between you know Nick Langdon's contributions, uh, Mr. Tilkovist, like they just it, it is. Um, they're a hundred percent right. It's an amazing series, and uh, we started listening to the. Uh, companion podcast uh with the uh writer and showrunner um craig I, he's not the showrunner uh, i don't think but anyway the originator of the show craig mazin uh of the um, he's a script notes podcast right that's, that's correct. Him? yeah, yeah. Yep. uh and uh it, it was john august i like john august i could say that because andy had to step away uh, and it is Great. The podcast hosted by Peter Sagal talking about how much he loves this movie. I mean, it's just it's just fantastic. I haven't made it through all of the podcast yet, but it it, it is a this whole little sweet like uh, cornucopia of Chernobyl related media. The episode five episodes and then five episodes of the podcast. It is it's perfect entertainment and a perfect exploration on the cost of secrets and lies. And I I adore it. I adore it. No, I've, that's something I'm going to have to check out. The uh, yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll get it for the month. That's the thing that I, now that we've hit like max, uh, you know, streaming apps, and now it's it's no longer oh well, you just have to have Netflix or Hulu. It's it's now HBO. It's going to be Disney. It's all of those things. I like the idea that you can pause your subscription to one and then yeah. have the one for you know. So it's it's not like it, people are starting to make it out like oh well you're going to be paying as much as you did for cable to have all of these you know you got to have CBS access for the Picard show you're going to have to have that you know that you're ending up going to be nickel and dimed over like a dozen different little streaming services but I think it's just about cultivating or I guess curating what you want to watch and saying, well, I'm going to do, you know, Hulu for a while and then I'll, I'll bring in HBO or I'm also thinking about one month bringing in Showtime to do the whole Twin Peaks thing because I missed that. Uh, and then I'll shut that off and I can then just, you know, sort of, I guess, streaming service shuffle, uh, you know, as I, as I need. So that's that's my plan for that. But now that Chernobyl is getting so much hype, I, it's one that I, I'm considering uh, bringing back the HBO for. Yeah, yeah, it, it is 100 percent worth it for for the month. You watch it in a week, you know, mm -hmm. get, get the whole thing, uh, get the whole thing done. It's it's just fantastic. Um other news, you know, just I think just hit yesterday that I, I, this Brian Singer. Why do people keep hiring Brian Singer? It's all I, is what I'm saying because inevitably, right now they're going to have to fire him. <laughs> what what did he get hired on now? Red Sonia. Ah, uh. and uh, so Red Sonia is out, uh, which is 
I don't know. I think I was excited about this. I think I was very excited that they were going to do this again. But he's uh, so he, you know, he was in for Bohemian Rhapsody. He's out for Bohemian Rhapsody. They hired him for Red Sonia. Should have seen this coming yesterday. He's out. He's been replaced by Jill Soloway, uh, creator of Transparent, the uh, fantastic Amazon show. Uh, so. Which which also has some troubled, uh, troubled, uh, controversial performances, uh, actor performances. So it's interesting. Again, uh, Brian Singer, I don't know, man, stop. Just stop doing being you. Don't be you anymore. <laughs> well, I think it's smart for them to bring on uh, a woman when you've got a character like Red Sonia. Yeah. Uh, I think it worked really well with Wonder Woman. It's, you know, you bring on a, you know, talented female, you know, director to tell a woman's story and, and do it well and do it right. So I'm, I'm glad that they, uh, I don't know what the issues were for that change, but I think that's a, a smart choice. And I hope that really works out for them because the Conan reboot, uh, you know, fabulously flopped. Um, so maybe this is <laughs> another way into that cinematic universe. So, yeah, let's see. Do we? Do we need? Is that one that you've been <laughs> hankering for? And I don't mean. I mean, no disrespect to Conan, Conan, Conan uh, fans. Uh, but is that a universe, a cinematic universe that we need? No, probably not. But there's a lot that we don't need, but we get it anyway. Oh, there's a delightful amount that we don't need that yes. we get anyway. That's that's not one I missed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that probably it'll, it'll be great. I'm sure it'll yeah. be great. I'm excited so, about it. Well, I I do have one other piece of potential movie news. We'll see. Oh, uh, yeah. something you're excited uh, about. Uh, something I'm excited about because it involves Andy Nelson again. Uh, oh, outstanding. As, and uh, again, uh, he's not here. <laughs> no, he's not. But as listeners may recall, Andy has never seen the movie To Live and Die in L.A. <laughs> so the Alamo <laughs> okay. Draft House is, is showing it in July. Uh, so in early July... If I can, if we can find the date and time that works out, I think we've got that. Uh, I'm going to go take him to see To Live and Die in L.A. on the big screen so he can check that one off his list. So, see, he just waits for me to see movies. I actually physically drag him to the theater to see the movies that I want him to see. He just, you know, hopes I get around to watching In the Name of the Father. I'm not waiting for him to get around to watching this one. I'm making him go. That's great. That's great. You got to take the take the bull by the horns. Take the cart by the reins. Take the horse to water. <laughs> you can lead an Andy to, to a film, but you can't make him watch it. No, I am going to yeah. make him watch no, it. You're going to make him watch it. I'm ready. Uh, I think we should. Uh, I think we should kick off with trailers and see what happens. Let's see if, how our timing looks. If, if we can get back. Andy, for those who don't know, Andy has walked away because a contractor showed up at his house. Uh, but he has a good trailer this morning, so we're going to see how it goes. Why don't you go first? Because I think we're going to start high. <laughs> okay. And, and go down so, from there. Uh, this is a... What appeals to me about this one is that it's a buddy road trip style film. This is Peanut Butter Falcon, which is a, a small film with some big names in the cast that's going to be coming to theaters on August 9th. And what makes this one unique is that uh, we've got a character named Zach who runs away uh, to pursue his dreams of becoming a wrestler. Now, there's, you know, in that setup, what's the big deal? It's a guy that wants to become a wrestler. Well, the the unique aspect of this film is that our, our main character here, Zach, is uh, portrayed by Zach, I, I hope I pronounce this correctly, Gottsagen or Gottsagen, uh, who, is sure. an actor, who is an actor who has Down syndrome. So the whole 
twist to this story is we've got a an adult with Down syndrome who has escaped from his care home uh, to pursue his dream and crosses paths with uh, Shia LaBeouf because, well, not Shia LaBeouf at playing himself, who's actually playing a character named Tyler. I think it would be interesting if, if, if he was playing himself. That might be a very meta approach to this film because he could be out there telling, you know, Zach to just do it. Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, that's not the film we get. Uh, but it's these two uh, outcasts out on the road. And we have uh, Dakota Johnson as well as Eleanor, who is trying to track Zach down. I think she's a nurse at the care home. But the cast also includes uh, John Hawks, Thomas Hayden Church, Bruce Dern, John Bernthal. So a lot of recognizable faces, names in a movie that is one of those small ones that you would expect to play at a festival. And then you probably don't see it again. Uh, so I'm optimistic about this one. It's it's one of those feel-good movies about people pursuing their dreams despite everyone around them telling them they can't do it. Uh, so I it, it's uh, something I'm looking forward to. I don't know how wide a release it's going to get, but it's, it's one of these positives out there, and I enjoy these uplifting stories. I, I'm very excited about it. I was super moved by this by the trailer i had no i'd never heard of it i didn't know what was coming and i i just think that these guys together on screen (laughs) they uh they're just fantastically charismatic and the whole wrestling journey is uh is so um uh, it's just adorable. It's just an adorable journey for both of these guys. And when he says, you know, how far is it on the map? <laughs> like, about you this far? Are your fingers to scale? Yes. <laughs> that was just, I, I laughed all the way through. I thought it was just really, really cute. So I'm excited about it. I don't know these guys, well, Michael Schwartz and, uh, and Tyler Nielsen. Uh, Tyler I, Nielsen, do we know I them? looked into them and, um, They've worked on a couple small, you know, shorts, you know, projects and also some documentary stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tyler did uh, some like um, mountaineering, rock climbing documentaries I, I see in there. Um, huh. So uh, something like that. Uh, but, yeah, this is their first feature <coughs> feature film from these two guys. So, uh, like I said, it's one of these like small films that, you know, can easily be forgotten, but I'm hoping this cast, uh, draws some attention to it. Well, it's, uh, you win the award for picking the trailer that, uh, that, uh, gets my eyes a little misty. It was, a a nice, uh, a nice one. I really enjoyed the trailer and it's just, I just, one of those heartfelt stories that I'm like, I'm super excited to see this one now. Everything about it was right in my wheelhouse. How's your contractor? Do you set up? <laughs> We're all good. Is everything good, other, good there? Good. <laughs> so, but did you get to tell everyone the story as to why I disappeared? Oh, yeah. You were just, uh, Andy's gone. Like a ghost. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go second. Um, and, and it's because we were, we decided to go in, in order of, uh, well, in order of quality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, so I'm I'm picking a movie that actually opens this weekend, but not very wide. Uh, it's it's one that I can't believe I, I hadn't heard of because it feels like this is something that I you know if you're a fan of movies like uh, Sing Street and The Commitments and uh, you know these these sort of music movies, especially music movies coming from um, you know England, Scotland, 
Ireland, then this is uh, this this might be a movie that you uh, want to see from director Tom Harper, writer Nicole Taylor. It is Wild Rose. Uh, it is a story of a musician from Glasgow dreaming of becoming a Nashville star. Um, I you know it doesn't really matter what they say in the trailer. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, none, none of the story really matters. It's the the music for me that just gets me going. And this is uh, uh, just this young woman wants to become a country star, and it is all performed by actress Jessie Buckley, whom I had never heard of, uh, but she is, I think she's just fantastic, fantastically charismatic and delightful. She gets out of jail uh, after doing 12 months in jail, and she has to come uh, to terms with reintegrating with her family, all the while she wants to do something with her life and get herself out of, you know, the life that she was in. And she's going to do that by music. I think she looks just great. Uh, it is getting some terrific reviews. Uh, it is open, certainly open in New York and L.A. right now. If you want to see it, I uh, it, opening weekend this weekend's probably open where you guys are right for, for all I know, because Arizona, who knows? Uh, but I, I'm telling you, I got I, I'm very excited about this. I can't let go. Uh, uh, the, the mom is played by uh, Julie Walters. Uh, delightful uh actor julie walters she's she is uh fantastic um she's in everything but most uh, most people i think if you remember her you'll remember her as molly weasley uh in the entire harry potter series so it's really fun to see her kind of out of character so uh anyhow what do you guys think it's totally that musical journey sort of movie that I find really inspiring, and her character looks really interesting. The, uh, I mean, yeah, the uh, the um, the cast, everything looks really nice, and it's just, I don't know. There's there's something really. Uh, I think the nice twist is that it's you know this person from another country going to Nashville. It just there's that kind of twist to it to be a, you know kind of singing over there, and it's like I, I kind of like that idea of the journey. So. Yeah, it just totally. It, it it was a nice. Uh, it looks like a nice uh, film, and I I don't know if it'll be kind of like up there like Sing Street, but it's totally going to be one of those films that will get me because, you know, it's it's that journey film, and I I don't know. I really enjoyed her character, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this is uh, exciting, and you know, Pete, you keyed in on the you know. Let's have a movie that's related. You know, movie titles that have food items in them was sort of the. You can secret. eat roses, right? right. Sure, but we <laughs> we've got here's a little series on "Don't Tell Me What I Can't Do" kind of series of people that are going to pursue their dreams despite people telling them, "No, don't do that. This is this is a really bad idea." As a parent, this is one of those things where you've got a parent that's trying to pursue a dream, and you've got people saying no, but you've you're not doing what's right by their kids. And she's saying, no, I, I have to do this because of my kids. And it's that yeah. dynamic that I think adds something to set this apart from, oh, it's just another Star is Born sort of retread. There's a different dynamic here. And that's something that I appreciate in a, a film like this because we've seen a Star is Born, that type of story done. But when it's a single parent type situation, it adds a different element to it. So, yeah. Looking forward to this one. It'll yeah. kick off our series on misbehaving moms. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait for that. It'll be like bad moms, bad moms too. Right. <laughs> All right, Andy, go ahead. What are we doing? I, I know you guys are super excited about my trailer because I know as kids, you guys were fans of Flegel, Bingo, Drooper, and Snorky, right? Yes. Never Wasn't everybody? even heard of them. What? 
No, I heard of the banana splits. Oh my god, that was the banana splits. Yes. What? That song it's a, you it's just a, sang, La La La. See, I've heard the song. Yeah, I have yes. no idea. I, yeah, no idea that those are the banana splits. Nope. Yeah, the banana splits. It's a beagle, an ape, a lion, and an elephant. And they are a band. This was a TV show from the, the late 60s that uh, Hanna-Barbera did uh, working with uh, uh, Sid and Marty Croft. And it was a blend of live action and animated bits with a musical group. And in fact, they did comics and they did all sorts of stuff. Um, I still actually have one of my old Banana Splits comics. I loved these characters when I was a kid. I had just a a blast watching them. And lo and behold, (laughs) Warner Brothers decides, you know what we need? The world has been waiting for a Banana Splits horror movie. So first off, I, I, I mean, it doesn't look that great of a movie, but what I love about it is that they actually took this old property from the 60s and have kind of turned it into something that they're allowing people to kind of play around with. And so here we have now, granted, it's it's a little bit of a stretch because this is technically a TV movie. I think it's just going to be uh, on Sci-Fi Channel and then it'll be like a digital release. It's not going to be playing theatrically, but it's I, you know I, I just had to pick it because it's it's a, such a fun idea to take this old property and uh, and to actually be allowed to license it for such a purpose. But here they are turning these characters. This is the banana splits, and it is now this horror movie. And so what they've done is they've it, it's a story about this little boy who's been wanting to go see them, and his family takes him for his birthday to a live taping of the show. Unfortunately, it also happens the same day that they find out that the show is getting canceled. Well, these four characters that make up the banana splits, uh, again, it's Flegel, Bingo, Drooper, and Snorky. They go on a murderous rampage and start killing people and taking the kids and just all sorts of horrific things. Uh, And it turns out that they're robots, all sorts of craziness. And I guess it's kind of inspired by Five Nights at Freddy's, which I really don't know anything about, but I've seen the characters, so I I can see that. I don't know. It's probably not going to be very good, but I love the idea that they have actually done this to this property. And I, I, I think it'd be interesting to see if uh, more old properties kind of get played around with. What do you guys think? <laughs> I, I, I'm excited about this. I, it's been a long time since I thought about the banana splits. I was looking into a little bit about the history of the show. I did not know that Richard Donner directed season one of the original TV show and some of the the live action because it, Pete if you've never seen the show it's you've got the live action pieces with the banana splits but then they would show like cartoons and it was like these right. serialized cartoons and okay. what i remember most is um in syndication, as I looked at this, it said in syndication, some of the animated ones were, were different from when it originally aired. So when I saw it in syndication in the 70s, there was one that was The Adventures of Gulliver. And so it was uh, that was the one that I remember because there was one one character, and I can't remember his name, who whose, I guess, catchphrase was, we're doomed, we'll never make it. <laughs> and that's a little quotable catchphrase in our house between my wife and I that we remember. Uh, Adamant and Secret, Secret Squirrel were, were also on this. So I remember those really yep. well and the, the banana splits. It just 
I hadn't even thought about this. I guess there was a reboot in 2008 of the show that I completely missed and didn't know about. Um, but yeah, this is a, a unique take on revisiting the property that I don't know who the target audience is for this because I guess it's us <laughs> that grew up with it. I, I don't know why. Well, certainly not the children. No, no it's not the children, but... I guess it's like, well, we're going to bring back something from your childhood, but we're going to do something dark and twisted with it, and people will appreciate that, I guess. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I'm with Andy. I think that's great that they are exploring like new ways to use old content. What else are you going to do with this stuff, right? I mean, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I just, I mean, it's like you're speaking a different language, Flingo and Bingo and Who's It's and What's It's. Like, <laughs> I, I just don't. But if it was Chuck E. Cheese, you'd be in. Chuck that's e. what Cheese, I'm hearing you say. You know what? I, I think I've been in a Chuck E. Cheese once. Like, was it a rat? I, yeah. I have, How about Showbiz Pizza? Would oh, you be down with Showbiz Pizza? Do you know yes. what? Little Caesar. You give oh. me a Little Caesar uh, horror franchise. Little I'm Caesar over. didn't. Well, he didn't have a thing. Like, Showbiz, you had the bear and the gorilla. Are you and kidding? The, he had characters. the Roman Empire, man. <laughs> <laughs> Caesar oh. didn't have a thing. <laughs> Uh, oh, there was. And did you ever see that documentary? And I, I can't find the name of it right now. But there was there was a guy that was trying to find like all the animatronic characters from Showbiz Pizza Place to like put one together of, of his own. So he was trying to because, you know, Showbiz went out of business. All this stuff was yeah. scattered. But there's a whole documentary about this guy who loved that experience and was trying to reassemble the, the stage show from Showbiz Pizza wow. Place with the animatronic characters. And I, I think he got most of them. I don't know. I saw it years and years ago. Uh, but it was one of those documentaries that sort of hinges on the, well, here's an interesting subject matter, but this person is kind of OCD about it. And so we're sort of exploiting their quirkiness for entertainment value. Uh, that makes me a little uncomfortable, but it was an interesting exploration of of something nostalgic that i hadn't thought about in decades at least we could all be on a movie podcast to talk about it <laughs> i'm sorry what oh man all right that's crazy that is just crazy yeah and what's funny is the banana splits and this is another weird thing is they actually had a comic book crossover with suicide squad a couple of years ago as what? well <laughs> so clearly it's a property that they have been working on finding ways to exploit uh, for years now. Very strange. You know, Very I strange. hope it's great. I hope it's I great do, because do. there is a person out there. That person is just like us, like a fan of in, uh, of enormous magnitude. And they just so happen to be a fan of the banana splits. And they are doing everything they can to make the banana splits a, uh, the pride of Warner Brothers, and I hope they succeed. <laughs> Whoever that person is, my hat's off to you, sir or ma'am, because your fandom in shepherding this property is is below no others. It is superlative. That's great. Okay, I just sent you guys a link to the the Suicide Squad okay. banana splits. Okay, and I found comic over so in the, Discord. The documentary I was talking about is called "The Rockafire Explosion," which I believe is the name of the band uh, at Showbiz Pizza Place. They are the Rockafire <laughs> Explosion. So I found the trailer. So funny. If you want to check that one out. All right. Awesome. Wow. Cool. All right. Should we do lists? Is it that time? It is. 
All right. Well, this week we're talking about the murder on the Orient Express. And uh, people really wanted to hear us talk about (laughs) fuzzy faces. Great mustaches, guys. Holy cow. I want you to know I watched no mustache movies in preparation for this list this week. Not <laughs> I'm disappointed one. in you, Pete. <laughs> I'm so, so disappointed. I think Steve has the honors this morning. I do, I guess. Didn't I last? Yes. It's because I get my trailers it's in early. It's all about the trailers. The I trailer, get them in on Wednesday order. or Thursday. There we go. Yeah. yeah. yeah this, when Pete does his I, at 6 a.m., a, then he knows where. I don't like this rule. I'm going to have to start picking my trailer <laughs> well, like Saturday well, afternoon as soon as we're done. Yeah. <laughs> no. You Quick, do, what, do it while Pete's <laughs> editing last week's show so, you, so he's exactly. always busy. No, you do yeah. what Pete does and you submit last because then you get to sit back and say, well, okay, they're going to steal that one and that one. Okay, now I can play my <laughs> other cards. I know what he's all about. He just sits back and it lets us, you know, stumble around and it's like, oh, here's where we go. All right. So first off, my approach to this, because I when you search for movies with mustaches, you get lots of things. I'm like, well, yeah, there's a guy with a mustache, but it's not a really fantastic, fabulous mustache. It's just a mustache. And that happened a lot in the 70s and 80s. So <laughs> I went for <laughs> this is a unique mustache, because to me, that's what. That's why we picked that for Murder on the Orient Express. Is it's not just a mustache; it's it's really fabulous. So, not according to Agatha Christie, just as right. Oh, she was not a fan. Well, <laughs> so I start with you know what I think is a, a tremendously fabulous cinematic mustache uh, that is worn by Dustin Hoffman in Hook, because you've got a cartoon character, you've got to have a cartoonish mustache, and it's just I think a trademark of that character. Uh, everybody recalls from the Peter Pan, you know. Disney's Peter Pan. He's got that long curly mustache, and they they brought that through for Dustin Hoffman to wear in Hook. There's my first pick. So now I have a question yeah. for you: Are you picking based on just the mustache, or are you doing mustache but also in films that you like? Oh, just uh, the mustache. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, this one, okay. The others on my list, I enjoy more than this. I mean, Hook is is problematic. Um, for people that haven't seen it, I think it's one worth worth checking out. It's not, yeah, a great movie. I, it's not one where I say I hate the movie. I don't know. Are you? Are you do you hate Hook, Andy? Is that what you're saying? Or no, no, no. Okay. I, I'm just curious. Yeah. Uh, you know how you go about. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a big fan yeah. of Hook. I have tons of problems oh, yeah. with it. Yeah. But it's. Uh, but I'm just curious because I'm like. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll talk about it when I get well, to no, it, I, I guess. But yeah, I was just every wondering. List, it's at least a movie that I've seen, and it's one that, yes, I would at least recommend. It's not something where I, I'd say, well, there's a mustache, but oh my gosh, I would never have anybody watch that movie again. I, it's something that if they haven't seen, that yes, they should check it out, <laughs> especially for the mustache, you know? <laughs> especially for the mustache. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, you know, I agree with that. And I think, I'm not saying that I I genuinely hate any of the movies that are on my list and they made the bar because of the mustache. (laughs) That would be ridiculous. There are movies I'm not a fan of that are actually on my list because I am such a fan of the mustache. Okay, that's that's where I'm getting. I I approached it and, and my first pick, I think, is demonstrative of the point. I approached it not because of a film with great mustaches, because there is uh, but because there is a mustache that I find deeply aspirational. Uh, And that is the mustache. Well, and I could have picked any movie, but in this particular movie, it is it's natural. 
it's brushed, it's quaffed, you might say. Uh, it is, uh, it, it's organized, it's beautiful gray. It is the mustache of Sam Elliott and the Big Lebowski. Uh, and oh, you're pulling a uh, he's pulling, one we've talked about. Real. I am. I'm pulling the Steve Sarmento uh, yeah, movie right. that Pete okay. and Andy, rec- recursive Pete and Andy, have <laughs> talked about. Movie rule. Uh, and I could have picked any other one, but when you look at the still, I just look at stills of him from that movie, and I realize just how able a man he is at wearing a mustache. And I think you will agree with me as you go through movies of people with mustaches. There are many where they're not able men at wearing mustaches. And I think uh, Sam Elliott has proven time and again that he is. That is a man who knows how to wear a mustache. There you go. I was really struggling with mustaches because I I was looking at so many mustaches. And I'm like, is that a special mustache? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And so I've been debating going back and forth. I I have way too many movie choices to pick from. And I'm like... Way too many. Oh, too many. Yeah. There's a lot. Well, there's a lot of mustaches. And so I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, OK, I don't want to just pick somebody who wears mustaches all the time because then it's just, you know, you're picking them more than the mustache. So I'm trying to find mustaches that uh, that stand out because it, uh, it you know, it's a character who really is wearing that mustache and wearing it well. So for my first choice. And it's it's a little cheating because it's also it's it's part of a goatee, but I think that's uh, I'm going to end up getting you know, fudging all of that because I, I think it's just one of those things where it's got to kind of it's going to end up tying together in other facial hair, I guess. But it's it's um, Max von Sydow in Flash Gordon as Ming the Merciless. Uh. He's got. <laughs> Not only does he have the fantastic like Fu Manchu sort of mustache with the great goatee, but he's got just that that whole head, that kind of bald head and those peaked mus- the peaked eyebrows and just everything about his look in that movie is so perfect for that kind of campy comic book world that he's doing. So I love what he's doing in that movie. It's so over the top and he's clearly enjoying it. So that's my first pick, Flash Gordon with Max von Sydow. That's a good pick. That, that is, is a good, a, pick. a good pick for sure. Yeah, yeah. And th- I was torn because it's not just a mustache, but I'm like, ah, it still is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I, I I appreciate that you you know. So it sounds like you're avoiding all the Tom Selleck and Burt Reynolds mustache, you know, because it's just yeah. it's not part of the character. It's them. Right. It's it's just them. It's the mustache yeah. is there because those are guys with mustaches. So yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I, I went with a similar route on that and uh for my second pick i know i've had this on the list many times but i will always if there's ever an opportunity to mention this film and it it didn't come to mind right away uh but it showed up on a search and i was like that is a fantastic mustache that ben stiller wears in dodgeball as white goodman <laughs> as white goodman yeah <laughs> and it is it is sort of a it's i guess it's not quite a goatee but it is the sort of you know mustache that comes down to the side so it's it's hard to say how we define mustache in terms of facial hair but yeah that's uh that's one of my favorites that's a, nice. yeah that's a that's a good strong pick it is a character mustache i yep. i i feel like my picks ended up being uh the the 
a mustache as a celebration of the masculinity of the character. So I start with Sam Elliott and I'm going to move into and and I'll say again this is another uh character actor that is that has a uh a catalog of fantastic mustaches but I'm going to to go with his performance in Gangs of New York that is Daniel Day-Lewis as the butcher uh who has an exceptional exceptionally masculine and strong mustache of the period. Uh, again, it is very well-maintained, well-waxed, nice curl, uh, and I, I find it central to his identity as the Butcher. That's not one of my favorite movies, but... Um, I totally agree. Yeah, man, man, does he have a great mustache in that movie. Wears it so well. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And it's similar to uh, Albert Finney's. He's got the little, you know, the waxed curls on the end. That's right. All right. So for my next choice, uh, this is a movie that I think a lot of people um, have issues with. And I certainly do, too. It's a remake. It's the Coen Brothers. And uh, it's the lady killers. And I, I think that it's a film that struggled a little bit. They, I don't think that they adapted it nearly as well as they, they could have, but you know me, I'm a big fan of Tom Hanks and I love the character he plays. He goes so over the top in his character in this film. And I mean, he, he, he has this vibe, like he is uh, Colonel Sanders from Kentucky fried chicken. Like the, his character is just, it's nonsensical and hilarious. And I just, I love watching him in it because he's fun. And I, I think that's what makes the film work for me. And, uh, and he really, I mean, Tom Hanks is a guy who doesn't often wear uh, facial hair, as he always says, he doesn't have a mustache face. So, um, but he's Goldthwaite Higginson Dor PhD is his name, and uh, he's got not only does he have that the and again it's kind of a goatee, but he's got the mustache that kind of comes down. It's got the handlebars that kind of hang down and the little goatee down the bottom, and then he's got the great coif of hair on top. So, uh, that's my second pick, The Lady Killers. Yeah, okay. also not a favorite movie, but an, an aspirational mustache. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. All right. All right, Steve. <laughs> All right, so there's mustaches, and then there are epic mustaches, and then there are epic mustaches with really crazy stories behind them. So when we first talked about mustaches, I had to have this at the top of my list. I was fingers crossed that it was going to steal it, and I thought, probably not, because I don't know that either of you have seen this film. It's not a not a film that a lot of people have seen. It's a crazy, insane movie. Um, it's a story of a young man who is sentenced to seven years in prison for robbing a post office and ends up spending three decades in solitary confinement. This is one of the most notorious criminals in England. He uh, changed his name to Charles Bronson and a film was made about him. Uh, he was portrayed by Tom Hardy. And the crazy story behind this is that Tom Hardy would go to meet with Bronson and they established you know, some mutual respect to the point that Charles Bronson shaved off his mustache and sent it to Tom Hardy so that it could be made into a mustache for Hardy to wear in the filming of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow yes that's how crazy this guy is it's a it's a brutal movie it's a, a insane movie it's worth checking out it's out there on streaming i think through hoopla and maybe a couple other services uh this was the film that i think 
you know, it was before Tom Hardy was, you know, really well recognized uh, name and director. I always never know how to pronounce his name. Nicholas Winding. 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 Yeah, Winding Refn. Uh, so this was 2008. So prior to him getting all that attention from Drive, uh, it is just brutally violent, crazy movie, uh, but definitely worth checking out particularly when you know that the mustache that uh, Tom Hardy is wearing is a real mustache from an insane man. That is, a, that is an amazing story. I am a better person for knowing that story. Gross. <laughs> That's what does it say about Tom Hardy that he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put this mustache on my face. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's Tom Hardy. He's yeah. He's yeah. a little, little on the edge there. You know that. Yes, that's true. I do. Yes. Wow. I don't even know where to go from there. I feel like you just ended the lists. I don't Mission have a story as good as <laughs> that's, that. That's what I was hoping for. Yes. That's, what you, that's what happens when he goes first. He just uh, kills it <laughs> for it. Right. He dropped the mic. Um, yep. I, I do have a number of uh, choices left. So you have these mustaches as a representative uh, sort of feature of the masculinity of the character wearing them. And sometimes they're well coiffed, as we had with with Max von Sydow and, and Tom Hanks and Sam Elliott, Daniel Day-Lewis. They're well. And sometimes it's just, boom, I can put a thing on my face. Look at me. I don't care. I don't care if it's I just put a thing on my face. And in that regard, I think the uh, award for my top pick it goes to Harry Shearer in This is Spinal Tap. Because like the movie, it's which is just, look, we can put this in the world. We can we're crazy. We can do whatever we want. Like his mustache and the handlebars that go down are just this sort of disorganized mesh of of hair that screams look at look at my manliness right now look at what i can do and it is uh it, it's sort of a gross uh representation of the the disorganized kind of 70s that the character is trying to portray so i'm going with harry Shearer, the messiest of the mustaches uh of on my list that's a there's a lot of hair there there's a lot of hair there boom put a thing on a face well, I too am struggling at which one to pick because I have a few uh, final options that uh, I may just have to give shout outs to. Um, all right, I'm going to go with this one, I think, uh, instead of the other one because this is a mustache. It's, it's a pretty normal looking mustache. Um, but what I think works so well about it is this is a mustache on a comic book character that really kind of had an iconic look because of his mustache and his haircut. It is, of course, uh, J. Jonah Jameson in Spider-Man, and nobody played him better than uh, J.K. Simmons. And seeing him pop up in the first Spider-Man, I was like, oh, my God, they just found the perfect embodiment of this character. Everything about him was spot on. The cigar, the attitude, everything was great. And the mustache just worked perfectly. Again, it's not like a, a super special mustache, but it defines that character so well. So I have to throw that on the list. So that's my final pick. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah. It's a good, pick. good it's a pick. strong yeah. stash. Yes. Strong it is. stash. It's a it's a it is it, again it's something that's coming from something out of the comic books and cartoons so it's sort of an exaggerated stash and the fact that they could bring that along into the real world and do it so effectively i think uh, great credit to that mustache yeah. i would like to say hats off to all three of us together that no one picked zardoz sean connery and zardoz <laughs> 
I haven't seen it. I have not seen <laughs> I it. I haven't either. Uh, I don't know. It's that's it, one of those. It's I'm I'm putting on there as a bonus pick because the mustache so beautifully accentuates the outfit that they put him in. Uh, sure. Or, or is is the mustache accentuating the outfit? <laughs> uh, I, uh, I don't know what's. Woo! Yeah, it's tough. Something's yeah, happening there. Tough. All right. Well, I've got uh, you know just a, a few to throw out. Uh, Gordon Liu and Kill Bill Volume Two uh, with just the fantastically groomed. Just the whole yeah. thing, all that white hair everywhere is just beautiful. And then, of course, you can't talk about mustaches without bringing up Charlie Chaplin and Groucho Marx. But again, they always had them, so it didn't. It wasn't a huge thing, but still. So does does Groucho's count because it's not really it, a, a mustache? It's, mustache? It's not, but it it counts. I think because it's in terms of cinematic mustaches, it's still <laughs> kind of a cinematic mustache, even if it's just grease paint. You know, okay. the thing I didn't I didn't look at at all is you know which of the mustaches are are legit are real and which of them are not i mean i we know sam elliott is a man who wears a lot of facial hair right um but i i actually and i am i'm assuming daniel day lewis did his own but i don't know mostly because he he did so many movies with facial hair but i i don't maybe not um harry shearer i'm did uh, yeah, it's gross. Well, we know Tom. We know Tom Hardy didn't. Tom Hardy didn't. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it wasn't you know, a mustache. I look, at, I look at like did did Kurt Russell in Tombstone? I mean that that was on my list because yeah, he was a, such that's a, another great one. Yeah. a great mustache, and it's like the Sam Elliott mustache before it goes gray. It's like this this yeah. just straight pure brown. Um, so that was on my list. I definitely had um, I, I had it was Daniel Plainview was the other character mustache yeah. that was good, but it just wasn't the wasn't the quality of the mustache. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Oof. Well, you know what they say: with great mustache comes great responsibility. So all Truth. of these people show that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, nice, uh, nice work, gents. What what are we going to do this week? What's up for uh, for the next run? I have not Ooh, seen yeah. the movie uh, yet. I have, but it's been years. Um, my record, we're, we're talking about Autumn Sonata. This is Ingmar Bergman's 1978 film starring Ingrid Bergman, along with Liv Ullman. And uh, it's, uh, it's the story of a celebrated classic pianist and her neglected daughter. And I think that we could do, um, you know, pianists in movies or, or just piano, people playing the piano in films. That certainly could be something that we throw in there. Have we done uh, what, what was the, the list that got us doing like, didn't we do a, uh, like a musical performances one or? Yeah, we did because you had, uh, I had like La La Land. I had Ryan Gosling on there and yeah, that was it. Pianos, because you did there. You did the one with Elijah Wood playing the piano, yep, yep. type thing. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. That seemed to be. I can't remember what was that movie or that that we uh, talked about. I don't remember. Was it? It was before In- Ingrid Bergman. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah. It was a long time ago. Long time ago. This is why I have my document that has know, everything Steve, in it. Historical archivist. This. Yeah, let me see. I don't know. Maybe or maybe we just talked about it. Um, April thirteenth. <laughs> Because uh, yeah, because you. Andy had Immortal Beloved, Sweet and Low Down, and The Pianist, Pete. Um, you had... See, there was piano. It was all piano. But what, had, what movie was it, though? Do you, um, do you have it? Do you? No, I didn't write... It was whatever we were talking about on April 13th. I don't know what year. 
But it would have been this year. Was that this year? The, oh, yeah, because my trailer yeah. was... It wasn't that long ago. I, yeah. Um, I don't know. What what were we doing three months ago or two months ago? Well, that's settled science. I can find that out. Stars, probably a Star is Born uh, was... was uh, oh, people oh, playing it, their... Star is Born This series. was people like actually learning to play instruments. You know, actors okay. actually playing yeah. musical instruments. Yeah. Right, right, right. There yeah. we go. Okay, so that's good. We could do something yeah. about, about piano in there, yeah. though. I mean, specifically... Yeah. Or, or we could do it like piano teachers. Well, she wasn't a piano teacher. She wasn't a piano teacher? She's a pianist. Oh, she's a she's pianist. A, a celebrated classical pianist. And so, yeah, it's it's her and her daughter, basically, is the story of kind of how awful she is to her daughter. I think. Oh, okay. so that's my recollection. Okay, so how about it's, piano It's a relationship parents? drama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I like piano playing. Okay. How about just piano, piano? playing? Right. And then a mother-daughter dynamics? Dysfunction? Yeah. I don't know. Stress... The mommy dearest list. The, Great. Yeah, the, Let's do the function. <laughs> the yeah, awesome. list. Mother yes. daughter dysfunction. Yeah. Mother daughter dysfunction. <laughs> it's the, it's the MDD. Yeah. Uh, do we all have experience with that in our households? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could do something relating to seasons because it's autumn sonata. Oh, we there do you a, go. Uh, is the movie specific to? Okay. Are you just playing pulling on the word, or is it is autumn have hmm. anything to do with the setting of the film? I can't remember. Uh, I'm trying to read through the plot synopsis. Um, the mom's getting older, though, so I'm assuming it's Autumn Sonata because it's, you know, later in life dealing with all this stuff with the relationship. So maybe we could go the other way and say movies that are literally involving seasons. Like there's no, it's not a metaphor for age. It's literally thanks yeah. to see like Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we could. We, we could go that route. Uh, well, I, I'm fine yeah. just throwing seasons in there. Like, okay. Um, movies specifically, like, pointing out seasons or something? Multiple seasons? I don't know. Does it need to be multiple no, seasons? No, it could just be... Because otherwise, every every movie is, is a, a season. season, right? Well, no, that it's... I think that the season <laughs> itself is somehow relevant to the story because it's not like oh well it's just you know oh that movie takes place in the summer no it's there's something yeah. about that particular season that connects to the story somehow so that it's important that it's winter or they they mention it but of course that gets into the, all the christmas movies but you know where spring is important or, or autumn i'd say that's so how about seasons highlighted in film yes okay. i would be yes that sounds okay good. But okay, so does that mean we can like pick summer break movies because it's just schools out? Because I feel like that's tying into the fact that schools out rather than it's summer. Or is this getting too nitpicky now? It might be a little bit nitpicky. I yeah. I'm trying to think yeah. of a movie where I'm just establishing the rules so that I can break Doesn't them. Like, that, yeah. well, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that count though? I mean, it's the season is directly related to the sort of cultural yeah. interpretation of school years. Sure. Sure. Okay. I think they're. All I right. Think well, they're then there we game. go. We've got piano playing, mother daughter dysfunction, and seasons highlighted in film. I don't. Know, I don't even know where they're going to go. I knew last yeah, week they I were going to go with the beards. I knew that, or the mustaches. Mm -hmm. I knew at the moment we yeah. said it, but this one I have no idea. <laughs> I will say uh, there was, uh, you know, great cinematic stabbings last week. I was kind of hoping for that one. I know. I oh, know. Well. Okay. Audience, surprise us! Surprise us! All right. The go. list is out there, everybody. Hop into the Show Talk channel and get your votes cast. Somebody's already voting. Is it Steve? Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs>
I've got to present some initial bias. Like, hey, lean this way, or they know it's me. They're going to go the opposite way. Then I retract my vote, and you know, I'm oh. I'm I'm messing with them totally. Go ahead. Which one am I voting for? <laughs> am I voting for all of them? Oh, can I vote for? I can vote for all of them. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah, that's right. There we go. It's a three way tie right now. All right, everybody. This is why I don't like this polling bot. We need a new poll bot. <laughs> you know, I found a new a little polling. More I, I did find a new polling bot, but it's really complicated, and I got overwhelmed, <laughs> and I went back to bed. Okay. <laughs> I should learn how to use it. Uh, uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, hanging out with us this fine day, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, joining us with the list. Uh, post your favorite mustaches. I love the uh, after chat more than anything else. Uh, <laughs> and uh, thanks for supporting us over at patreon.com slash the next real spread the word. We're going on a little bit of a hiatus in July. So uh, we're still doing this, right? Are we still doing this? Saturday matinee? We didn't talk about that. We haven't. We'll at least do it a few times. Yeah, yeah right? we'll do it a few times. We'll we'll keep, keep something going on uh, through yeah. the month. But uh, uh, for now... Uh, things are going to slow down in the month of July a little bit over the next reel, but definitely we'll still be hanging out on Discord, so um, we'll see you there. What's the first thing you guys are going to watch, Andy? That's a great question. You know, we're uh, we have family plans actually this afternoon to see Toy Story Four, so oh, probably that. All right, yeah. that's good, Steve. Well, the kids have not seen Joe versus the volcano, and it was only it was only five bucks on the iTunes store. So that's something we're slating for this weekend. Again, going back to catching them up on films that uh, now that they're older, sit down and and watch them with them. Yeah, they're gonna love it. You know, and if they don't, Pete and I, I don't want to be know. on the Joe versus the volcano minute. Mm -hmm. What we're gonna be guests? Yeah, we're gonna be guests on the Joe versus the volcano minute. Do we know which minutes? Did you tell me that? No, they haven't. Um, they're still getting it all sorted oh, out. I can't wait for that. I, uh -huh. you know, I have to tell you, times. the next thing I'm going to watch is uh, it's thanks to Steve and JJ. Uh, their conversation on Jonathan, I think, was really intriguing. It was it was great on their most recent trailer rewind, and it got me really wanting to see this movie. So it's all queued up, and uh, I'm I'm going to check it out. Well, uh, awesome. yeah, that's that's the whole point. That's why we do yep. that. And uh, you listen to it so you know what to expect on that one. And we say, say it's not necessarily for everybody, but uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out. I'm liking that Ansel Elgort. Yes. Uh, I'm going to oh. give him a chance. Going to give now, him a shot. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's able to pull off in uh, Spielberg's uh, West Side Story. Because I think yeah. he, we saw in uh, Baby Driver, he's got some uh, dance experience there. So I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing him pull that off. Can't wait. Have a great week, everybody. See ya. Hondo. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching, all sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. 
sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash Letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well. 